You can also find us on our homepage at up3show.com, where we sometimes put extra stuff out there. Hey, Tony. And if you, yes. I interrupted you. I forgot to start my DAW. (laughs) (laughs) Well, all you need to do is do Craig. Craig. Folks, I hope that somewhere on Patreon you're listening to this full, unedited cut. Hey, Prog fans. Welcome to another episode of the Ultimate Prog Podcast Project. My name is Tony, and as always, I'm joined by... Craig. And Lee. We are three friends and prog aficionados who can't figure out how to do our intros. We are here to talk about the history and the craft of progressive music while sprinkling in our always unvarnished opinions of the music and the personalities that make this genre so great. You can find us on Twitter, now known as X, and Instagram on the handle at UP3Show, or on Mastodon if you're so inclined, at UP3Show on mastodon.social. You can also find us on our homepage at up3show.com, where we sometimes put extra stuff out there. You can also find us on our homepage at up3show.com, where you can find all of our old episodes and sometimes extra multimedia content. And if you'd like to get in touch with the show and tell us how unprofessional we are, you can reach out at up3show at gmail.com. If you just can't get enough of our unprofessionalism, don't forget to hit the subscribe button on our podcast page at up3show.podbean.com or wherever you get your podcasts. This will make sure that you never miss an episode and will help other prog fans find the show. With that chaos out of the way... I want to do a little bit of a round robin here. We're we're ramping up for Cruise to the Edge coming up in a few weeks. And so uh, let's catch up first with each other. I see you here first, Lee. So what have you been up to since last time? Well, finally got our big corporate launch done and got all this wonderful product marketing material out into the world that was so thoroughly well-written and not hurried in any way at all. Um, but anyway, yeah, so that's done. A lot of the chaos of that is over, and that's allowed me some time to get back into the studio and work on some other projects, which is also great because it's been a couple of months. Yeah, so that's what's going on. Awesome. How about you, Craig? What have you been up to? I've been up to a lot of stuff. I've started retired life, and I'm playing a lot of music. We had a four-and-a-half-hour practice today. we got a gig Saturday. Nice. And I'm doing an intake interview at MSU Denver for their music program tomorrow. That's cool. That's really awesome. I'm going to see if I can get a jazz degree. Nice. Or the free version of the jazz degree for senior citizens. So, Craig, are you thinking you're going to get bored with this retirement thing? It has not happened yet. I'm exhausted. So I live in an old house, so all these little things that have been broken for a long time, I'm kind of fixing them one by one. Tomorrow I'm going to fix a door jam. Very cool. So you're going to jam with a door? I'm going to jam with a door. Oh, That's nice. <laughs> so uh, what kind of standards are you going to do? Uh, knock, knock, knock. And on, uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to yes and that. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. So what have you been up to, Tony? I had a, another trip at the beginning of February for work. We wrapped that up. And, you know, other than that, just mostly getting ready for the cruise. Yeah. Have a very busy spring between me and my wife. So we're trying to figure out how to make all of the I's dotted and T's crossed. You know, like the normal thing that I think our listeners are used to. 
we are three dads who have responsibilities and we make all of those things happen and then do this show. Yeah. With dad jokes. (laughs) Now, one thing I know that we all do love to do when we find time for is listen to music. And so this time, Craig, what have you been listening to since last time? Well, aside from the usual jazz stuff, I've been trying to really overdose on Big Big Train. They're going to be on the boat. I'm not familiar with them. On the Facebook group, there's a lot of people saying wonderful things about them. Yeah. And so far, I'm enjoying it. I don't really have a favorite yet, but I kind of want to have some acclimation. So when I go in and listen to them, it's not going to be just a barrage of notes and melodies and all that crap. I want to have some semblance of uh, familiarity. You know that that's what music is, a barrage of notes and melodies. Yeah, that's true. But I was watching a TV show last night and somebody was talking about music and they said, you know, the really good stuff, you got to listen to a couple of times before it makes sense. And at first listen, a lot of times the really good stuff sounds really bad. And I'm kind of taking that to heart. Three listen rule. It's the Lee Hansen three listen rule really is the summary. Yeah. I figure I can't binge on everything on the cruise. Right. So I figure I'll pick big, big train and listen to them in between jazz standards. Very cool. Nice. Mm-hmm. How about you, Lee? What have you been listening to? I have been trying to bone up on some of the bands that I am less familiar with that are going to be on the cruise. So been listening to some Dave Kersner, mm-hmm. been listening to Jane Getter Premonition, and this guy Brooke Hansen that people talk about quite a bit. Yeah, it almost looks like he's playing more than twice. Yeah, he's playing multiple times, multiple days. It looks like he's going to be stationed in Bar City. Mm-hmm where he'll be doing at least two sets a day, but it sounds like he'll be doing his own stuff and other guest musicians will show up. Mm-hmm. Mostly that. And then the other one I've been listening to quite a bit is Turbulence. And they're about to release their sophomore album called Binary Dream. Mm-hmm. And I got turned on to this by one of the guys from Cruise to the Edge community, David Clegg. So shout out to him. And he and I are going to hang out a little bit on the boat, drink beers and compare albums. So cool. There you go. Very nice. My recent listening, one of them is actually something you'll hear me geek out a little bit about in the episode, but it's a band called Clone out of Europe. Yeah. I got connected to them because they're going to be on the boat, but they're also connected to the band The Ocean, which I just saw them this past week in Denver, and they're just an amazing band. Yes. And I love them every time I see them live. But they have their own boutique label, and this band Clone was for a while signed to their label, Hmm. and I just can't get enough of them right now. So I'm very much looking forward to seeing them on the boat. The other thing I've been listening to is this month was the release of the new Eson albums. For those that might not be familiar, Eson is, I would consider the band defunct at this point, but the former leader of the band Emperor, Mm. which is like a black metal band out of Norway, has connection to Prague through Leprous because in the early days, Leprous was their touring band. He has a new solo album out, self-titled Eson, And what's really great, there's two versions. There's the standard version, and then there's the orchestral version. Hmm. And what's particularly noteworthy to me in this context is that the regular version is exactly what you'd expect from Isan. It's black metal, kind of proggy, but black metal. Hmm. However, normally when you hear a band do an orchestral version, it's like the normal track, but there's an orchestra for some of the supporting bits. No, his orchestral version is the rest of the album, but scored. It's completely instrumental. There are no vocals. It's an amazing version of the album, and I'm really enjoying listening to that. Can you explain what black metal is? 
So for a while, people thought it was very satanic in origin, and I guess there mm-hmm. there is maybe some aspect of that to some of the bands, but it tends to be not quite as fast as speed metal, hmm. not quite as technical as math metal, but the subject matter is usually pretty dark. Mm-hmm. Right. So as we usually do, we have Lee give us an update on all of the prog news and new releases. So what's new there, Lee? Yeah, so starting with Philly Hart, the founding drummer of Kansas, is going to have to step away from live performances after suffering a major heart attack. And he's going to be replaced by Eric Holmquist, who was his drum tech for years and years. And so we're wishing Philly Hart a fast yep. recovery and the best. Get well, dude. Yeah. Get well. Petro Avis, the uh, killer bass player for both Marillion and Transatlantic, among other bands, he has announced he will not be attending Cruise to the Edge. He will miss it because of surgery. And he made a post a few days ago that said it was triple bypass coronary artery surgery. Mm. Wow. Yeah, but he also said he's doing great. He sent a picture, and so looks like he's recovering, and we wish him well. That's cool. He is going to be replaced by Nick Beggs. We've seen a few times, Craig. He's yeah. tours with... Um, Played with Steve Hackett's band. Stephen Wilson a couple of times. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. And an update from our last episode. Gleb Kolyadin, the pianist from I Am The Morning, he was released from a Thailand jail shortly after we posted our February 1st episode, which is really good news. The whole band was extradited back to Israel, not to Russia. And so they have gone back to their own homes from there, and he's back in the UK playing with I Am The Morning. So Cool. Good news for him, and glad that's resolved. Big, Big Train, their new album, The Likes of Us, comes out March 1st, the same day as this episode rolls out. Again, this is the new singer, Alberto Bravin, and as Craig points out, we will see them on the boat. Whom Gods Destroy, this prog metal supergroup, their new release, Insanium, will be out March 15th. Derek Sherinian, Bumblefoot, we've talked about these guys before. And this band I just mentioned, Turbulence, their new album, again, it's their second album, called Binary Dream, will be out March 8th. And I'm pretty impressed with this band. And Hawkwind are releasing their 36th studio album, (laughs) Stories from Time and Space, on April 5th. And 36 studio releases, that's insane. Those guys have been around since the late, late 60s. And so, you know, God bless them, they're still rolling. Are they still have the same dancers? Yeah, I couldn't tell you. I am not knowledgeable about Hawkwind, just kind of aware of them. I can't say that I'm a fan of Hawkwind, but I am very much aware of them because of Arion. Because Aryan Lucasen is a fan of them, and and a couple of the albums or tracks he says are direct homages to Hawkwind. Now, are they like a European band as well? They are out of England. They are often described as psychedelic space rock. It's kind of space, yeah, space rock kind of thing. And finally, Jordan Rudis has announced he will release a new solo album in September that will feature Joe Payne on vocals. Nice. And I don't know how much this is news, but we said in the last episode that this new prog metal band, Whom Gods Destroy, looked like a last-ditch effort to save what's left of Sons of Apollo. Now there's been some back and forth in the press. Um, It started with an interview with Bumblefoot, Ron Thal who talked about, yeah, not everybody was on board with continuing Sons of Apollo. And even though he didn't name names, it was pretty clear he was talking about Portnoy going back to Dream Theater. And that prompted Portnoy to turn around the very same day and also get an interview in the press that said, no, it wasn't about me leaving and going back to Dream Theater. So 
more chaos that goes around Portnoy and these kind of decisions in Dream Theater. Mm. And that's what I got for news. The only thing I would add there is, and I don't know if there's an album coming, but Exploring Birdsong continues to put little things out on YouTube. Hmm. If you've been listening to us for any reasonable amount of time and have heard us talk about them and you have not checked this band out, check them out. Yes. They are finally starting to make that turn ever so slightly towards more metal sound, and I am here for it. She is an amazing <laughs> pianist and yes. an amazing vocalist, and this band needs to go great places. Yes, thanks for bringing that up, and I could not agree more. The track you sent around, The Collapse, the new one, is just fantastic. This band is really maturing and starting to hit their stride, and I hope they go great places because I love what they do. And I saw a post that they are working on their first full-length album. So that is great news. Yep. So, Craig, you don't have a unheard of for us this month, but is there anything else that you maybe want to say? So I just want to give a heads up to any of our listeners that are going to be on the cruise to the edge. Look for our stateroom door. We're going to have a large uh, banner advertising Ultimate Prog Podcast. Yep. And then look for us. We'll be wearing Ultimate Prog Podcast shirts. We got stickers to give away. We got business cards for you with QR codes. So you can give them out to your friends and they can get a quick link to our show, to all of our media. And just look for us on the cruise really is the bottom line. We really want to talk to you. I'm trying to be set up so that I can like just sit down in random places and have my mic and sit there and record with people and like, hey, check in with you. What have you seen that's cool on the boat? What are you looking forward to? All that kind of stuff. We'd love to hear from you about what you're getting out of the boat while we're all on the boat. Yep. Mm -hmm. I will be doing the same thing. I'll be carrying a little portable recorder around and would just love to talk to you. Same, but I'll have a phone. (laughs) And with that, let's go talk about Cruise to the Edge 2024. We're ramping up. We're anxiously awaiting boarding the boat to go into the Caribbean and experience Cruise to the Edge 2024. Finally. We were originally playing, was it 22 we were going to go on? Yeah, we skipped several years. I think we've all had our money in for like a few years, and then they did a small version of the cruise, and then they gave us a waiver, basically. Yeah, because of COVID. We've actually been planning this for quite a while. Yeah. And so we're finally going to make it happen in March. We're sharing a cabin, and we don't even like each other anymore. I know. I know. It's going to be rough. And it has a balcony for tossing people overboard. I'm sleeping on the balcony. I was going to call the balcony. What the hell are you talking about? (laughs) No, I'm on the balcony. We're going to have to alternate nights. Lee knows I've slept on the balcony several times. We are going to be on a Norwegian boat. The Pearl. The Pearl. Washy washy. (laughs) (laughs) When we were first talking about doing Cruise to the Edge, I was like, I don't know, I'm not a cruise guy. But then I saw a couple of the previous lineups and then this year's lineup. And, you know, there is something to be said for it being a boat full of music. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If I remember correctly, we will embark in Miami. Mm Mm-hmm. That will be on March 8th, and then we'll jaunt around the Caribbean with a few ports of call. I think there's one in Jamaica, another one in Grand Cayman. Well, now there's been a last-minute itinerary change. Apparently, they're very concerned about security in areas like the Caymans. So now we're going to Cozumel for two days. And then we come back on the 13th of March, so right at five days. And I have the bill pulled up in front of me. We're going to talk in more detail about this, but some of the big names that jump out at the headlines. Big Big Train, Riverside, Marillion, Flower Kings, Jordan Rudis doing solo stuff, Symphony X, Queensryche, Lonely Robot, 
Stickmen, a whole bunch of bands, and we're all going to talk about our favorites, but a lot of good music. I've heard stories from you guys about how pickup things just kind of happen, right? Yeah. Where like bands mm-hmm. are just kind of there, and then the members of the band just kind of hang out and play. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Before we get into talking about what we're all individually looking forward to, is there anything I missed about the general vibe of the cruise that you guys would like to throw in there? Because I'm a total novice here. So you want to spend as much time as possible by the buffet. Just hang out there because they'll bring out different food. And obviously that's the important thing. <laughs> Don't worry so much about the music as there's a lot of different pies. God. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, the main thing is it's a music festival. Think of it as a conference with four tracks. So there's several stages that are going at the same time. Mm-hmm. And you sort of pick your schedule. And also, each band gets to play at least twice. Sometimes more often, but twice seems to be the minimum. Yeah. So if you have a conflict with other bands the first time, you get a second chance to see them. The only exception to that, which is very important, is the headliners that will play in the theater. You only get to see them once in an assigned seating. But I think this is our fourth music cruise, Craig. Mm-hmm. I think you and I did the Pearl once. I think it was Progressive Nation. And my strategy for seeing bands is pretty basic. I take the lineup printed before I go, and I make sure I'm seeing the major acts that I want to see, definitely. Mm -hmm. And then where there's gaps in the schedule, I'll jump around between bars and see other bands. You know, people maybe I don't know, but are interested in. Yeah, right. For those that go to music festivals, it really sounds a lot like Coachella or something like in the more metal world, like Vakken Open Air, where there's like a main stage and a couple of ancillary stages, and they kind of bounce around between the different stages. So It's a little like Burning Man, because there's a lot of people running around without clothes as well. Wait a minute. You went to a different cruise than I did. (laughs) And all the naked people are like 60 and over. (laughs) Lee just threw open his mouth a little bit. Yeah. That's right. But it also makes me wonder, like, is this a captive audience for, like, doctors, right? Like, or, <laughs> yeah, like, there's, is there there's an AARP stand? all over the place. Yeah, it is a captive audience. You are definitely among your own tribe. Yeah. I mean, you want to go geek out on Arion, you're going to go find somebody that will geek out with you on Arion. Mm-hmm. And also the musicians are a captive audience. It's not like they can escape the boat. Mm-hmm. So you can corner guys in the bar or at the buffet or whatever. You can be a total fangirl if you want to. <laughs> right. So with that kind of prelude, what we decided to do on this episode was we each picked some of the stuff from the bill or just general vibe from the cruise that we're looking forward to. And we're just going to kind of round robin this for those of us that want to deep dive on some stuff. We'll play some clips. We're just going to kind of each talk about what we're really looking forward to in this cruise to the edge with the hope of giving the listeners a, a little bit of a flavor over the next couple of episodes of what it's like to be excited for Cruise to the Edge and then experience Cruise to the Edge. So we'll start with you, Lee. Why don't you tell us about what you're excited about on Cruise? Yeah, this Cruise is going to be a little different for me because Cruise to the Edge was always centered around Yes. And this is the first year, maybe the second year, I'm not sure, that Yes has declined to join the Cruise. So that's going to be a little strange. It kind of changes the focus of the Cruise a little bit. Yeah, it is kind of strange. But there's also some stalwarts that kind of anchor this cruise that we've seen several times. We've seen Steve Hackett many, many times. Yeah. Steve Morris, the Flower Kings, Adrian Ballou. There's some people that seem to like doing these cruises, which is cool. 
But focus for me, number one, is to see Marillion live. I am a huge Marillion fan, have all 20 of their studio albums, and I just have never been able to see them live. They've come through Denver a few times in the past, but I've always had some kind of conflict. So that's my biggest thing. I really want to see Marillion. Steve Hogarth, Steve Rothery, Mark Kelly, Ian Mosley, just fantastic band. And as we said in the intro, Pete Wavis will not be there because of health reasons, and we wish him well. But we found out this week Nick Beggs will be replacing him on bass. And I'm also a huge Nick Beggs fan, so that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is always on the cruise. Yeah, and we've seen him several times, like we said in the intro, Steve Hackett, Steve Wilson, etc. But he'll be running around the boat in his signature kilt, <laughs> along with Craig's other 60-year-old people eating pie in the nude. And I'm just going to assume Merlion needs no introduction on this podcast, but what the hell, I'm going to play a clip anyway. That is Easter. That is the first song Steve Rothery brought to the band after Fish's departure. And I happen to think it's one of the best songs ever written. I think Steve Hogarth is an incredible musician. Can't wait to see him. And I love what he did to transform Marillion. I will be a Marillion fan for the rest of my life. And that is very early in Marillion era. That's 1989. And there are so many other good albums that have come since then. The Strange Engine, Anarachnophobia, Marbles. Um, sounds that can't be made. But anyway, really looking forward to seeing Marillion. And doing prep for this episode has been a bit of a reset for me because I've been listening to so much jazz metal. There is not a lot of prog metal on this cruise. Mm-hmm. That's interesting, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to talk about that. I've got some thoughts on that. Yeah, that's a little bit disappointing for me. I mean, there is some good prog metal, don't get me wrong. Symphony X, Haken, Queensryche. There's definitely bands I'm looking forward to seeing. But the main headliners this time, Marillion, Flying Colors, Big Big Train, a little bit more prog rock, even on the mellower side of prog rock. But having said that, I'm also really looking forward to seeing Big Big Train. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm just going to steal a line from Tony, because you've said this a couple times. I feel like Big Big Train is one of the bands I should like, and I don't. 
Yes. <laughs> so I'm in exactly the same boat. I mean, I've heard of them a million times and yeah. listened to clips and things like that on YouTube. Yeah, exactly. Every time they release a new album, I try to go listen to the preview tracks and they're fine, but it just has never really grabbed me. And Big Big Train has so many fans. I just got to go figure out what it is I'm missing about this. Mm-hmm. But I do know Nick DiVirgilio. He's the drummer. He left Spock's Beard to join Big Big Train. And this will be Alberto Bravin as singer replacing David Logden. But I have leaned heavily into the Cruise to the Edge community, and I've gotten a couple of recommendations. And this is one clip I really liked. This is Judas Unrepentant by Big Big Train from the album English Electric Part One. track has really piqued my interest yeah yeah maybe just a little bit of a gentle giant vibe to it a little bit mm-hmm. very vocal heavy band with a lot of harmonies and i always like vocal heavy bands so so i'm kind of excited to see them live yeah but really what convinced me to sign up for this cruise was when i saw queen's was on the bill mm-hmm and the listeners all know here that I am a huge Queensryche fan. I have been listening to them since they started in 1984. Tony and I agree that they were one of the bands that started the prog metal movement. Yep. But I think those four albums between Operation Mindcrime and Here in the Noun Frontier are just fantastic albums. But then they went through this very public split with Jeff Tate. It was very ugly in the media, lots of press. And the end result was Jeff Tate walked away with Operation Mindcrime. The rest of the band walked away with the name, Queensryche. But I kind of wrote him off. I thought, okay, that's probably the end of it. But then I had a buddy at the Cars Group, the Colorado Art Rock Society, tell me, no, don't give up on him. You need to hear the new album with the singer Todd LaTorre. He is as good or better than Jeff Tate. And he was exactly right. This is Spore from the eponymous Queen's Rock album released in Just love that song. See, that's great, man. And I've never gotten into Queensryche like you guys have. So mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to seeing them live and hopefully crossing the Rubicon and starting to like them. Yeah, Queensryche. Awesome, awesome band. That's cool. Yeah. And that's really my big three. Also, you know, of course, Haken, Riverside. There's a lot of other bands that I love to see. But I also wanted to pick out just a couple of obscure bands to talk about quickly. The first is a band called Protocol that I don't know if many listeners have heard of. It's the prog jazz band formed by the drummer Simon Phillips. Yeah, do you have a clip? Sure, let's throw a quick one in here. This is Jagannath from the album Protocol 5.
Wow. But Simon Phillips, huge, huge pedigree. Drummer with Toto, with Close to Nearby. He's played with Derek Sherinian, um, Life Motion. There's just a bunch of albums he's been on. Man, I'm making a note of that. Yeah, this is my big prog jazz focus for the for the boat. That's like the opposite of remember when Brand X was on the boat and you hadn't heard of them and I dragged your butt in there. and Exactly. And it was awesome. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. That sounds great. And the other band I'd put in here that is the least obscure for me is Airbag out of Norway. And the reason I'm very interested in them is if you read interviews with any of the current or former members of Frost, Jim Godfrey, Dick Burke, John Mitchell, they all reference Airbag as an influence. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And that made me go research enough to get a clip. This is Redemption from Airbag from the album The Greatest Show on Earth from 2013. Wow, that's the first time I'd listened to them. And I remember when Deck mentioned that, and I can definitely hear that influence in Deck's music now that I listen mm-hmm. to that. That's really cool. Yeah. So I'm hoping to get a new appreciation for Airbag. So that's my list. There's obviously a few others. I'll go see Jordan Rudis is going to be their solo. But, you know, Jordan Rudis' solo is like Glissando's coming out the ass. <laughs> and arpeggios. And promo for his iPad app. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the name of his next solo. I'm Glissando's at the ass. Yeah, right. And here's a QR code. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and then Tony Levin, Steve Morris. I mean, the list goes on and on, but there you go. Awesome. I'd love to see Tony Levin jam with Steve Morris. I know you would. I know. Yeah, that actually sounds pretty interesting. I, I dream about that. I kind of wonder if you might see Jordan Rudis jam with Steve Morris. You know, they played together in the Dregs for a little while. Yeah, and Jordan announced he's going to tour with them again on their next tour in 2024. Yeah. That's a really good point, actually. Yeah, Yeah, so thank you for that, Lee. Yep. Before I get into all of my bands, what I want to talk about is leading with something Lee set us up with, which is the nature of prog metal bands and who's on the boat and who's not. Yeah. I think if you look at that label, Haken definitely is a prog metal band. Like we've talked about them ad nauseum and that makes sense. You're right. What's interesting to me is that Symphony X is on the boat. That actually is very curious to me because commercially, like if you go to a record shop, they're not typically listed as prog metal. They're going to be more slightly symphonic metal or just straight ahead thrash metal. So to have them on a prog focused cruise, especially as Lee noted, a particular lineup that is leaning more mellow. Yeah. It's an interesting band to have there. And then the only other one that really kind of gets into this, and this is one of the bands I'm really interested to look at, is this band called Clone. Hmm. And so I'll talk about them here in a moment. As Lee was talking about, like, on the daily, when you get your punch card of, like, who you want to see during the day, I'm definitely going to try and go see Haken. Longtime listeners of the show know how I feel about Ross Jennings' vocals, but what I have noticed over the past couple of years when I've seen them live is that 
I'm more taken with Haken live than I am in the studio. Taken with Haken. Um, really excited to see Lonely Robot, Marillion, like Lee, very excited to see Queensryche. Yeah. You know, one I was surprised that Lee didn't mention is Riverside being excited to see them. I'm, I mean, I love seeing them here at Boulder Theater. Um, I'm really excited to see them on the boat. Stickmen is one that I'm definitely going to try and prioritize as best I can um, because you hear the little bits of them and I really would just want to see them live. But what I'm planning to focus on during this cruise is I'm going to start with Symphony X. I just talked about how the, I, I don't know if they qualify as prog metal, but I want people to listen to them and hear what this band is about because I've got a thesis coming out of this. Oh. First, I want you to listen to kind of maybe if you were to go talk to a Symphony X band, the one track that they're going to tell you to listen to, this is The Odyssey. <laughs> It's really hard to get a good representative sample of that track because it's 23 and a half minutes long. And <laughs> it is literally an end-to-end retelling of the Odyssey. Jesus. From classic literature. And long time ago, before we even became friends, and I saw a friend of the show, Jeff Vicente, online talking about prog metal, and he mentioned that track. And he's like, if I want to get someone in the metal, I have them listen to that track. <laughs> Because there's a lot of dynamic range in that track. Uh, there's like yes. the quiet, more piano bits. It's got straight ahead metal bits. So if you are metal curious, I definitely recommend listening to Symphony X while you're on the boat. Now, to go a different way of how Symphony X can sound, uh, this is a more recent track of theirs called Iconoclast, and it's the eponymous track from the album of the same name. Either one of those, I would be happy seeing them live. I think at the last time I saw Haken live, I was with Lee, and we had Symphony X open for them. That's right. And they did like a briefly abridged version of the Odyssey on that show. And so maybe we'll get lucky and they'll do like Iconoclast and the Odyssey live. That's the sound I've kind of come to yeah. recognize. And, you know, that's why I'm, I struggle a little bit with like, how did they get invited on the boat? Because like yeah. they're a metal band. 
There's another kind of similarly themed cruise called 70,000 Tons of Metal, and it's an <laughs> all-metal cruise. If you were to ask me, I would much more expect to hear Symphony X on that cruise, but I'm excited that they're here. Another band, and this is actually a band I'm really excited to see because they're really new to me, is this band Clone. The way I came across them is I actually backed into them being on the cruise. Online, Spotify recommended that I listen to them because they're related to the Ocean Collective, and I'm still very much in that Ocean hmm. Collective phase. Yeah. As it turns out, the Ocean Collective have their own boutique label called Pelagic Records. And for a while, Clone was signed to that label. They're now on K-Scope Records. And so Spotify, because of that linkage, recommended Clone. And they get billed as progressive metal although and art rock, although I would say in general they probably lean more in the art rock vein. <laughs> they had an album that came out last year called Meanwhile, and this is the track of the same name from that album. Total stoner song, man. I really want to hear Clone I like now. That. That's All cool. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's their most recent album. It's great. You know how Leprous has gone from being a, a metal, like a dyed-in-the-wool metal band, to more atmospheric? Yeah. There were a couple of albums where they were transitioning. Clone sounds like that transition-level Leprous a little bit. Um, they... <laughs> They do some of the airy, more melodic. Uh, Craig called it stoner music. Kind of riversidey. Kind of riversidey, yeah. A little bit. But I love it. Yeah. Now, the album that they're probably the most known for is an album from a few years ago called Le Grand Voyage. And this is a track from that album called The Great Oblivion. I know, right? <laughs> I really like that vocalist right there. I do, too. He yeah. actually reminds me a lot of the vocalist from the Ocean Collective. Yeah. 
you know, it's a shame that the ocean won't be on this boat because I'd love to see the two of them together. That would be great. But, you know, those are the biggies. And I think that if it push came to shove in terms of prioritizing bands, I'm going to prioritize Clone because they're the band I'm going to be deep diving on right now. The only other thing that I'm really looking forward to that I know of, I'm sure there will be things that show up while I'm on the cruise, and you guys can tell me how this works in the past, is this thing called Late Night Live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which basically looks like your March Madness bracket of prog songs and bands. Like, I don't really know how it works, but it looks exciting. So that's how they plan it. It's really like a talent show. Yeah. Ah. It's like a pro-am talent show. So they have pros that show up and play along with civilians on certain songs. And the way each song gets staffed is your March Madness thing. Yeah. Ah. That's really cool. Yeah. So I'm excited to see that. You got your like six, seven minutes of glory and then you're off. Yeah. So you get to be on a stage with Jordan Rudis for seven minutes and then like you part with it. Yeah. You could possibly be. It could be. So they announce some of the pros and sometimes pros just stop by. Yeah. Right. So it's it ends up being a real surprise. The downside of it is it's very late. Yeah. Very late and very long. Yeah. It's hit and miss. Yeah, exactly. But we've been sitting there watching it with, you know, guys like us doing these cover songs. And then suddenly you look over and there's Pete Ruavis sitting in a chair right next to you. Yeah. And he might just decide to get up and sit in. Yeah, maybe I'll play. Yeah, I mean, wouldn't that be crazy, though, if, like, Pete chose not to get up? And he's, like, he's just Pete Ruavis or Neil Morse or someone is, like, sitting in the audience watching you play their song. I saw a band do a bunch of Little Feet covers and Bill Payne was there. Oh. You could tell that the keyboard player was stressed. Oh, yeah. The pressure was on. I'd be crapping my pants. I, absolutely. Awesome. How about you, Craig? What are you looking forward to on the cruise? Uh, I just want to get it over with because I got a jazz gig the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually totally, quote unquote, jazzed because this will kind of get me back in the prog groove. Looking at the lineup, there's a lot that grabs me. I don't know much about Marillion, so I'm looking forward to seeing them live. I've never seen them live and only know them a little bit. Back in the day, I used to be, oh, that's the band that sounds like Peter Gabriel's singing. Yep. Steve Hackett, totally excited for. Flying Colors, as much as I gush over Steve Morse and almost everything that he does, doesn't do a whole lot for me. No. But I'm going to talk about Steve Morse in a second. Adrian Blue, you know, I'm so, so excited to see him, but his career and output right now, it's a little hit or miss, but I just love watching him live. Mm-hmm. Flower Kings, I'm psyched about. Jordan Rudis. Martin Barr is one that I think has the potential to be really interesting. He was the guitar player for Jethro Tull for many, many, many years. Yep. So I suspect he's going to do a lot of Tull songs, but who knows? Haken, yeah, I'm kind of surprised they're as low down on the uh, marquee as they are. Yeah, I was surprised at that, too. Lonely Robot, I'll talk about them in a second, because I gush all over them. Another one that is going to be interesting to me is Wishbone Ash. Yeah. Growing up in the 70s, they were a thing, and I knew one song by them. I don't even remember exactly what it's called, but I know it's in D. (laughs) Um, That's very specific. Yeah. Oh, Do you know what song it is? No. Okay. The only Wishbone Ash song I ever knew was The King Will Come. Okay. But that's from like 1972, so I don't know anything about this band since then. No, not at all. But it could be interesting. Yeah. 
Now that I think about it, I may not know any of the songs because I think I'm thinking of a Marshall Tucker song. Because uh, I was thinking about Can't You See. Okay. When I think of Wishbone Ash, I think of Uriah Heep, which maybe is a little mm-hmm. bit more prog, but not that much. Uh, Stickman, totally excited for. Ryu Okamoto. Yeah. I'm like sort of excited for him. He's got great technique and I don't know much about him as a songwriter. I just know about him, you know, from Spock's beard and jumping up on keyboards and stuff. So we'll see how that is. Airbag clone, you know, since you brought that up, totally excited. Dave Kersner's all-star prog band. I follow him on Facebook and he's an interesting character. He's another one that seemed to be on all of the cruises that we've been on. And among other things, he somehow got all of Tony Banks's old synthesizers. Hmm. So he has the entire Genesis rig from the 70s and 80s, maybe 90s. So I don't know if he's going to be doing any Genesis tunes or it's just going to be a bunch of prog stuff or his own stuff. But it has the potential to be really interesting. Again, he's, he seems to be always everywhere and uh, very well connected in that industry. And then finally, Jane Gutter Premonition. I actually follow her on Facebook because she is Adam Holtzman's wife. Really? He's her keyboard player. And he's one of my favorite keyboard players. Yes. His work with Steve Wilson. He played with Miles Davis at one point. Oh, really? His old stuff is great. And he's got just an incredible history. I'm hoping to corner him and talk to him about just stuff because he basically grew up with music in L.A. and just has a lot of, lot of personal history. Those are kind of what I'm interested in from a big picture. I want to talk about Steve Hackett, Flower Kings, Lonely Robot, and Steve Morris Band in that order. So Steve Hackett, I'm totally excited about because just as you are a Arion fiend, I am an old Genesis fiend. Right. Steve Hackett, to his credit, he is not embarrassed or afraid about going back and revisiting the well of old Genesis tunes. And I think that's awesome. Apparently, on the boat, he's dipping in to the tour that he's currently on, where he's doing a lot of songs off Foxtrot. Oh, nice. So I think there's a fair chance we'll get to see Supper's Ready live. So when he's been doing those, who does he have doing vocals? Ned, Nad, what's his yeah. name? Ned Sylvan. Ned Sylvan, yeah. Ah, and okay. his voice is stellar. Yeah. It's not Peter Gabriel, but it doesn't have to be. I was kind of hoping he'd do more from his new solo album, Circus in the Night Whale. Well, he's doing both. Okay. This particular tour is kind of like half Foxtrot songs and half original stuff. Okay. Oh, nice. I think he's not going to do very much off his new album. Really? So I have a clip of the last song that he wrote for Genesis. If you remember from the Genesis episode, my understanding is he had to kind of fight to get it on Trick of the Tail. Mm -hmm. And what I like about it is when it came out, I remember reading one of the album reviews They said, this is the song off that album that just reeks of old Genesis. So it opens up with an acoustic uh, guitar thing. This is actually Steve Hackett's band doing this song. So it's the instrumentation is a little bit different. So he's got a guy playing an oboe in real life and some synthesizers. And this is the real old Genesis sound.
Really excited to see Steve Hackett. I love his interpretations of the classics. Next, really excited about Flower Kings. I don't know much about them. I don't know any of their albums. I've seen them two times and seen both performances, both times on the boat. And every time, like we were talking about in one of the previous bands, you were saying, yeah, they're good. They're just sort of, you know, vanilla prog. And other. Flower Kings is the opposite of that to me. When I see them live, there's just some magic that horrible name, great guitar player. How about that? Longtime listeners of the show know that Craig can't pronounce names. Really excited to uh, to see that. I do have a clip of them just to kind of give you a flavor of who they are, what they are, if you don't know. You could pretty much train AI on what a Flower King song is with that 30-second clip. Yeah. But, you know, it's got his voice, which is, you know, very kind of epic. It's big. Nice guitars. Very transatlantic-style key changes. Yeah. Um, So Mm -hmm. I just like them. I'm looking forward to seeing them. They can kind of do no wrong. Next up is Lonely Robot. My mom was in hospice a couple years ago, and it was during the summer... Mm-hmm. And I'd spend the day in the hospice with her and then go back to my sister's house and across the street from my sister's house was some woods and it'd be dark and I'd walk through the woods and walking through the woods in New Jersey, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania in the summer is just so moist and it's got great smells that kind of brings me back to my childhood. That was when I first started getting into Lonely Robot and for like two weeks straight, I'd go for like an hour and a half walk and just listen to Lonely Robot. Nice. So John Mitchell... I don't listen to words very much, but he's got one song and it's called Oubliette. To me, the definition of progressive rock music is not only using the word oubliette in a song, but having it rhyme with something. So, Tony, I feel like you know what an oubliette is because you're a D&D guy. For those that might be listening that are in my age demographic, you are immediately going to link the word oubliette with David Bowie's bulge. Because when he was in the movie Labyrinth, part of that movie is he takes one of the characters in the movie and banishes them to the Labyrinth's oubliette, which the oubliette is this in-between kind of space. It's like no man's land space in in a building. Interesting. So Steve Morris Band, not sure if he's going to be on the cruise. As probably every one of our listeners knows, his wife just passed away after battling cancer for some time. Yes. Steve, big hugs out to you because I know you're a listener. But if he is on the boat, they did say that the Steve Morse band was going to perform. So I have a track from their very first album after the Dregs broke up, and it's called Cruise Missile. You know, I've seen him a million times, and when he played that song, he always said it was a cross between Jeff Beck and the Allman Brothers. 
And I think you'll see that in this clip. I've, I've spliced together three or four chunks of the song. One of the other things I want to mention is in reference to Lee's jazz metal discussion we had last month. I was kind of going through the song just for fun and analyzing it because I wanted to see what things were improvised and what things were not. So what's the form of the song? And I wanted to see if it followed a jazz form. And it does. There's actually only one 32-bar solo in the song. The rest are movements that get repeated multiple times through the song, exactly like a jazz standard gets played, which I thought was fascinating, because it's not obvious when you listen to it. Is your opening? Okay, now it goes to a unison line. Okay, so up to this point, there were like four different chunks that were each different, but they all get repeated basically exactly. This is the only guitar solo, but there's something about the guitar solo that I think is unique that I want to say. how tasty is that? Mm. So the reason I kept saying breath is one of the things that I think makes his soloing so wonderful compared to some of the other shredders out there. Every time I said breath, I imagine a horn player stopping to take a breath. And basically, it gives the solo and the listener time to regroup. So each one of those little phrases is a complete thought. Mm. The fact that he does that in just a freaking breath you know, solo to me is just incredible musicianship. Cool. Anyway, so I'm excited to see him. He often does that song live when his trio plays. So hopefully they will play it because it's a freaking awesome song. Awesome. And that's it. I am excited uh, very much to uh, hang with you guys for a week on a boat. Yeah. Yeah. Either the podcast is going to come back with lots of material or this is the last episode. Because we'll all have fallen overboard. <laughs> yeah. Or, or we hate each other and do not want to do the podcast ever again. You guys are veterans. I'm I'm the novice here. I'm really looking forward to it. Any closing thoughts before no. we, we end away. this discussion? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. I think it suffices to say that we are excited yeah. for the cruise. I can't wait for us to I'm actually as heck. be on the boat. I'm so excited to be on the <laughs> boat. I got a lot of cool bands to see. Can't wait to catch up with the listeners. And tell them about all the great things that happened next month. 
We'll be putting some stuff up on our various socials as we do stuff. And this is a call out to everyone that is listening who might happen to also yes, be on the boat. Just going to say that. We're going to have business cards and magnets and other swag. Find us. Come up, talk to us. We'd love to hear from you. Um, we'd love to maybe interview you and talk to you about, like, what are you excited about on the boat? Uh, just find us if you are on the boat. Yes. Cool. As we exit, please don't forget that you can find us on Instagram and Twitter, now known as X, on the handle at UP3Show or on Mastodon at UP3Show on Mastodon.social. And as I always say, you can also contact us via UP3Show at gmail.com. We definitely want to hear from you, especially if we ran into you on the boat. If you're listening to this and you ran into us on the boat, we'd love to hear from you via email. Let us know what your favorite things were, and we'd love to feature them in next month's episode. If you want to show us some support, it's super easy. You can support the show non-financially by subscribing on Podbean at up3show.podbean.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Please also, while you're there, take a moment to write a review. This will help to make sure that our show pops up whenever people search for awesome prog metal podcasts. And if you would like to support the show financially, we are on Patreon at patreon.com slash up3show. Anything you throw to us over there gets you access to additional content, as well as helps pay for some of our hosting and other fees that make the show possible. Thank you guys very much, and we'll talk to you next month. Bye. Bye. Hey, folks. Tony here. If you made it this far, congratulations. You're getting everything you can out of this podcast episode. As a reminder, we're a podcast about commentary and opinion on prog music. We use samples of music to make our point and to teach others. We make no claim of copyright to any of the music featured in our samples and strongly recommend that you support the artists we talk about by buying their albums and merchandise or seeing them live. If you're an artist and you'd like for us to change how we've used your content on the show, please contact us directly so that we can work together.